This is the best of the week on Relevant Radio. Dr. Jordan Peterson, who, if you're familiar with him, is perhaps one of the most influential people in Christian lives today, even though he himself is not a Christian, at least not yet. His wife, Tammy, is in the process right now of becoming Catholic as we're having a very powerful experience of healing through the through praying the rosary. It's such a gift. And, and Jordan has a number of conversations with, you know, some of the biggest and the brightest names in the Catholic Church in the U.S. I, you know, one of the brightest minds I know, one of the most eloquent speakers, Bishop Robert Barron, right? The guy is just off the charts. Peter Kreeft is another one. Uh, Father Mike Schmitz, who is just a, a viral sensation with so many. But even though Jordan's been teaching very perceptively about the Bible, and people flock to his lectures uh, to, to hear him. He's got this huge YouTube following, too. People listen to him speak about the Bible and other religious topics. He's still declared, you know, he's, well, he hasn't come out yet and really said, ah, whether he believes Jesus is the Son of God. Of course, as Catholics, look, we don't need a celebrity you know, to validate what you and I know is true. But that's the trap that some people fall into for some reason. They think they need that assurance or that articulation from some celebrity. It's not true. You don't. Jesus is the second person of the Blessed Trinity. He is the only source and validation you need. And it doesn't matter if Peterson doesn't believe in the faith when he's teaching believers about the faith. But there was a great article written by Dr. Jeff Gardner. And uh, it's a question that my friend uh, found himself asking after he and his wife went to a Peterson lecture in St. Louis just recently. And uh, if you want to check out the article, I would suggest you check out jeffgardner.online. That's his website, jeffgardner.online. It's great to have Dr. Gardner with me once again. Uh, Dr., fill us in on what happened. I mean, I, you're an intellectual, too. I mean, I know you must have really loved uh, Jordan Peterson. He's reached this unusual celebrity status. Fill everyone in, if those who don't know who he is and why he's making such waves and what your takeaway from the experience was. He's a clinical psychologist. He was a, a professor of psychology at a university in Toronto, Canada for many years. He's a distinguished scholar. He uh, did a guest lecture bit at Harvard. So this isn't a guy who just fell off the pumpkin truck. And he, he was catapulted into uh, sort of the, the, the limelight uh, of YouTube when he stood up against a, a bill introduced into the Canadian Parliament with, that would require people, including teachers, professors, to address people by their preferred pronouns. And he just said, no, 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 thank you. And they, they threatened him with uh, firing and all sorts of, of disciplinary actions. And he held his ground. And this pushed him out into the public eye. All the while, as a lecturer and a clinical psychologist, he had been... I'm talking about things like scripture, talking about things like foundational texts that are part of our Western Judeo tradition. And so I think he took that sort of as his cue that this is, um, you know, this is going to be a direction that, that, that he delves into. And, and you know, it, it's tremendously important. And that is what he's been doing now for, gosh, about the last eight years. I think he's probably best known to people through his 12 Rules for Life series, sort of, you know, how to straighten yourself out and straighten yourself up. But he's got a new book coming out called We Who Wrestle with God, in which he takes on some of the major stories found in the Old Testament, specifically in the book of Genesis, and walks them through. And that was the core of the uh, lecture. He is a very compelling speaker, very compelling stage presence. And, I, and one of the things that struck me as we sat down in the theater, my wife and I, and there were hundreds of people there. It was how many people had, because it was on Ash Wednesday, 
how many people had ashes on their forehead, which was a giveaway to me to how many Catholics, at least mass going Catholics are here to listen to this guy. And I thought, okay, if we're here to listen to what he says, then let's ask critically as Christians, what is he saying about these stories that are central to us in our faith? And so that was sort of the, the jump off point for the article and my approach, um, uh, you know, to the evening and, and to, uh, you know, what he was up to that night. Let's pick it up there. Why is that question even important? I know you asked that over the stream.org recently about whether it's important if he shares his faith and addresses that question. So Absolutely. Now, as you point out, you know, first and foremost, as, as Catholics, we don't need anybody to validate our beliefs. However, as Catholics, and I, you know, I, I, as, a, as someone that grew up a Mormon and then really struggled his way into the Church, one of the central questions that we have is, why is it that we hold Scripture as authoritative? Well, we hold Scripture as authoritative because there's an authoritative body behind it, that is, the Church. Okay, so if someone like Jordan Peterson or Joseph Campbell, is another a figure you know, back in the 70s and 80s who did this, is going to make a living out of telling, and Christians, telling us Christians, what these texts mean, then I think it's, a, it's at the very least a good idea for us to ask the speaker, well, what do they mean to you? Because central to Scripture, the authority of the Church, and therefore the validity of Scripture, is the divinity of Jesus of Nazareth. That is, the Christ, which literally means it comes from the Greek Christos, but Christos in Latin, the God-man. And so if you take the God-man out of the story about God, and you, you reduce him to, you know, a, 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 a sage, a wise philosopher, or just a general all-around good guy that you should listen to. That's not the centrality of the Christian story. So now what you're teaching is a meaning of something that strips it from its essential meaning. And I like Jordan Peterson. I like reading his work. I like listening to him, um, even some of his more obscure academic work. And I certainly hope that, um, you know, as he, whatever journey he's on, because he's very circumspect about this, that he comes to the understanding, and this is an historical understanding, this is, this is not merely an understanding of faith, that the uniqueness of Jesus Christ was quite literally the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. And we have this in a number of sources not just Scripture. We have this from Roman historians like Tacitus, from Jewish historians like Josephus, from later figures in the, in the ancient world who were trying to figure out what exactly these Christians were up to, like Pliny and the Emperor Trajan. We have descriptions of Jesus as completely unique from everybody else that makes the uniqueness of Jesus central to the Gospels. And so if you don't wrestle with that and make a serious attempt at coming to an answer, well, then I'm less inclined to listen to what you have to say about the meaning of all of these other texts. Because if you can't yeah. grapple with that meaning, and, and for me as a convert, this was so central. I, I have to tell you, Drew, that's what finally pinned me to the wall, and it was, it was right out of the Gospel of John and, and the Discourse on the Bread of Life. This is a finger that sticks out of the text uh, right into your chest and says, wow. Who do you say that I am? And it, it, it's, it's such a remarkable 
scripture, you know, the, the poor those apostles and the disciples and the people going, I, 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 I. <laughs> and it is, it's only one of two places in the gospels in which those who are listening to Jesus are so confounded, they, they, they just cannot wrap their head around this, that some of them leave. And the other one is the crucifixion, yeah. which prefigures the resurrection. So this is so important to the meaning of these stories that if you don't grapple with it and you don't come to, you know, I'm not saying everybody who wants to talk about the Gospels has to raise their hand and give us a profession of faith and say amen. If you won't grapple with it seriously, well, how seriously um, should we take what you have to say about the text? And, and Maggie, you've seen Dr. Peterson, right? You've been at his well. I know you wanted to jump in. I'll let you go ahead and share with Jeff what you wanted to. Yeah, I've, I've been following his work for a long time when he was a, a professor at the University of Toronto. It's been fascinating to witness him on this journey. And I think just because he he hasn't totally grasped, you know, this concept of the God-man doesn't discount this journey. I think it's it's, I can understand his apprehension. And you can tell in certain conversations like, like when he's talked with Bishop Barron, he right. does sort of hit a ceiling that he hasn't quite broken through yet. And you can you can see that ceiling of grace really, I think, is what it is, because you you can see the difference between his speech and Bishop Barron's speech. Mm-hmm. Jordan is naturally a you know, a skeptic. He's a he's a scientist. He he wants to like discover things through like trial and error, sort of, or thesis and error. And you know, Barron is coming from this sort of space where grace is a gift given from above. And I, I, I see what you're saying, Dr. Gardner. I think it's important to allow someone that space of blossoming into this without like too much pressure, because I think he knows this is going to be a very public thing if he does convert you know th- this this will be front page news but and let me jump Absolutely. in on that maggie though too and but i sit back here and say this guy's such an intellect why hasn't he made the connections well i actually have some clips he was on ewtn i think it was two weeks ago colm flynn did an interview with him about tammy his wife's conversion yeah. to the catholic faith colm flynn just asks him yeah. point blank before the interview's over he says are you feeling drawn to the Catholic faith? Let me ask you finally, Tammy, with her deepened faith, has felt this tug towards the Catholic Church, the Catholic yeah. faith, let's say, Catholicism. I know your studies in the Old Testament, those lecture series that you did, phenomenally successful. Does any part of you feel a tug as well? Towards the Catholic Church? Towards the Catholic faith. There's plenty of things the Catholic faith got right. So is there a tug towards it? There's an appreciation for it. So everybody has their own path. Tammy's on hers. I'm on mine. Wow. That's interesting family dynamic. Maggie, thank you for pulling that audio. And Maggie and I were talking to Dr. Gardner about... He asked a question about the church or the faith. I mean, you know, it's almost yeah. like there's a distinction between the two for him. Y- your thoughts on that exchange, oh, you heard him speak. Again, I go back to what I said before we ran the audio. For a man of such intellectual prowess as Jordan Peterson, why he can't see what men like Barron and so many others have found through reason, through the pursuit of the truth, that the Catholic Church is the fullness of the faith. 
or you know G.K. Chesterton or C.S. Lewis, John Paul II, um, or anybody. Take a look right, at these guys. Right. Now, I mean, you know, look, we should know as Catholics that there are many depths to Scripture that we don't read it literally. I mean, first and foremost, because if you could, if you did, it doesn't make any sense. You know, right from the very beginning, it's like, okay, where does where does Cain's wife come from? So it, it's not written in a, in a literal, linear manner. I think it was best put when the argument uh, raised by Galileo arose. That it's not a book about how the heavens go. It's a book about how to go to heaven. So it has many layers. But it's not that at the bottom of it is the God-man. It's at the center of it is the God-man. So I appreciate And I've listened to and read some of his really academic stuff, like Maps of Meaning. That is a beautiful book. I've read it or listened to it now about five times, and I'm still pulling material out of it. It's a very, very complicated book. So I appreciate where he's coming from. But there have been others that have approached this intellectually. St. Thomas Aquinas comes to mind. You know, read the first part of the Summa Theologica, and the very first question is, does God exist, yes or no? And we go through this reasoned argument. What I, I don't know, but what I suspect, recalling my own conversion from Mormonism to atheism to Christianity, and having known many, many others, what I suspect is that there are elements that have really very little to do with the intellectual arguments here that Dr. Peterson is wrestling with. And, for, and in my case, I called these the secondary elements, or, or many of them were emotional elements. They didn't have anything to do with the reasoned aspect of the faith, which I understand. In fact, my baptismal name I took as Thomas Francis to reflect my interest both in Thomas Aquinas and St. Francis of Assisi. Mm. So, so I understand that. And of course we respect that. You know, and, and I'm not, in my article, I'm not saying well, okay, but before I buy the next book, I, I, I expect to see an altar call out of you, Dr. Right. Peterson. That, yeah. that's, not what I, that's not what I'm getting at. But as Catholics, we should be discerning about who it is that we listen closely to when they tell us what these scriptures mean. Yeah. That circles all the way back to the magisterium of the Church, which is where we start. It's such a great point. It's such a great cautionary tale. Now, you wrote about this, and I think your piece is great. It wasn't that long. It's an easy read. If people want to read it, maybe they, they love Jordan Peterson. They may say, hey, I'd like to dive a little bit deeper into this. How do they read uh, your article? They can find a link to it at jeffgardner.online, or just go over to the stream and look up, you know, type in Jeff Gardner, and they, they'll see that, and any, anything else that I've written there as well. And if, you know, if they have something to say or, you know, pro or con, they don't agree with me, please. I answer every email that, uh, that I receive. I may not be able to answer it on that day, but right. I do get to them all. Good for you. I'm grateful for all that you do. I hope people will check you out online. The best way to do that, jeffgardner.online. Go to thestream.org. You can check them out there. And thanks for making time for us, doctor. Thank you. Thank you so very, very much. Hey, like what you just heard, then share it with your family and friends. And thanks for listening.